Thank you. Look at your other neighbor and say he's going to talk about you. Thank you. Two weeks ago, thank you, my brother, we had a missionary here from Honduras raising monies for his crusades that he was going to do this week. I said that we would give $2,500 from the mission budget, and then my desire was to match it with another $2,500. That was my goal. Brothers and sisters, I got the final numbers. You raised $4,642. That's amazing. You almost tripled it. Now we're giving him $7,142. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for that. I'm amazed. I mean, I'm telling you, just look around and say he's talking about you. Amen. Us. Here we are doing wonderful things for God. Today we have a guest speaker all the way from the Philippines. The video is going to play in the background. He has a special place in my heart as he's been an apostle there for many years, also here in Chicago. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, I got activated today, and I had not prepared for it. And I'm going to explain that in just a few moments, but be ready for what God's going to do in your life, okay? Get ready. Look at your other neighbor and say, get ready. Come on. I want you guys to be excited here because what God is doing in the Philippines, he wants to do here. Pastor Ray has been preaching the gospel for over 50 years now, brother. Over 50? Since he was 16 years old. Yeah. 79 minus 16 is what? Somebody do the math. 79 minus 16 is 63 years preaching the gospel. Come on, brothers and sisters. I want you to hear me today when I say I want to match 2,500 again. We're going to sow 2,500 from the mission budget into his ministry, and I want to match it again, and I'm giving again. But here's the thing. For some people, you can't do that. So listen, if you can't, I forbid you to even try. Let this offering pass you by today. Are you listening? I don't ever want to be accused of pastor tries to make things happen. No, I don't. If you gave during the Honduras offering or you've given all that you can give, I forbid you. You cannot give today. Go get an ice cream with your family and enjoy your day with no condemnation. Are you listening? Because how many know there's always going to be a need? And if we all gave to the need, we'd become broken, homeless, and then we would be in need. Okay? Go buy some ice cream today. Enjoy the beautiful weather. That's, that's no pressure here. But I want to say this. For the entire month of April, whatever is given in missions is going to go to Pastor Ray. But here's what I want to share with you quickly. Turn with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Because I want to speak to people who are like me, that even if you give a little, you're still giving it because you know you have to sow the seed. This is for me and for others here. Can I hear an amen? And it, it may be for you the next time. I'm just once again, no condemnation here, okay? Do I have to have you talk to your neighbor again and say, he's not putting any condemnation on us? Look to your neighbor and say, he's not putting condo bondo on us. No condo bondo, okay? He doesn't want your money. Like, what, do you, what did I say? Go buy ice cream with it, okay? But this is what I'm talking about. When you hear someone with the testimony of Pastor Ray, churches all over the Philippines, the schools, the children, what's happening, if you're with me on that, can I hear an amen? Now the Lord can speak to us to give. If we can't give, you know you can't give. It's, 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 it's just not for you today. But for those who can give, I just want to speak to you. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, brother, please put up the picture of the building that we helped restore after the storm. Was that about a year ago when you had come to us? About a year ago, this place had been blown down, and we had to help repair it. That's after the repairs. Can somebody say amen? 
they're happy for that, but they know there's more. How many, how many know there's still more to do in that building? Okay? That's what I want to do. Now, he can do whatever the money's, whatever the need is. I'm just saying, I want us to have this in our mind. Now, please put up the picture of the dear children here. Um, I can't fake cry, but I want to tell you what, I bawled like a baby in the first service when we talked about this. I can't fake it. I know sometimes we, we as preachers, we want to bring out that same emotion, but I, I can't fake it. But I was weeping in the first service, and I'll tell you why. Because, brothers and sisters, if we don't care about missions, how can we ever ask God to care about what we're doing? Going back to that group picture, please. If we look at these children and say, this is not my problem, then how can we ask God to care about our problems? You didn't hear me mention anything about our building project, did you? Did you hear me mention anything about the building project? Did, the last time we had a building project and raised over $10,000, did you hear me talk about it? No, never. If you've been in this church a while, come on, somebody say no. If you've been around, you don't have to lie if you don't remember. But how many can look back and go, I never, yeah, you didn't talk about it. I don't. You do, have you, had, since say you've been here, has anybody seen me do tithes and offerings? No, I don't do that. You know why? Because God has told me that's not my job. I'm going to be a teacher in the Word of God, and if it touches on finances, I'll do that. But right now, I let the elders and the deacons do it because I don't want anybody to say this pastor is trying to be rich. That's not why I'm here. Amen? Amen. But when, you, when I do get the mic, what is it for? For talking about money. What is it for? Missions. Because I know, brothers and sisters, what it's done in my life. We are in a bad place in Chicago right now. In America, we are suffering right now, man. The urban violence, the broken homes, the schools, and I want to see revival come. I want to see God move, man. I want to see the children that I'm going to be preaching to this Friday here at Prosser, I want to see them get touched by God. We'll be parking our gospel truck almost within the same vicinity of when the woman was carjacked and shot in her car in front of her family, right on that same block, with almost within walking distance. Are you all listening to me? We're going to go there, give away pizzas to the kids as they come out of school. We're going to bring out the basketball goal. If they can shoot a free throw, give them a $10 gift card. We're going to love these young people, okay? But I can't forget about them. And you can't do something for everybody, but you can do something for somebody. And that's why in our church, we always have a mission fund. So those of you who have given in the past, you can be uh, honored today to know that that is going towards them. You are 100% a part of that. At the same time, I know the need is so great there. I have to stretch myself and ask the Lord, what can I give so that this need can be met? And this is where now I want to talk about the activation. Well, guess what? The Lord has put me on an eight-year eight-year hiatus from going overseas. Guess when that changed? First service. God has now released me for the first time in eight years to internationally travel. And guess where I want to go, my brother? Come on! We're going to the Philippines. We're going there. The next time you see this picture, I want to be the one standing there with you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, we're going to pray in just a moment. And here's going to be my prayer, that what God gives to you will go through you. That you will learn the secret of kingdom success, which is being blessed to be a blessing. 
I have dreams and goals for myself personally, financially, that don't involve what the church gives me as a salary. I have goals and dreams to own land and property and do things for my six children, okay? I'm grateful for what I have as a pastor, but I've been pulling aside some of that, saving it and investing it. I want to give today as a seed towards my future success. Can you go back to Luke, please? Am I making this up or did not the Bible teach me this? Give and it will be. If I want to win on a Tesla stock, if I want to win on the right property, if I want to win when I'm buying and selling things on Amazon, according to this, what must I do first as a Christian? I must do what first? Go to Amazon uh, FBA training first. What do I do first? Go take a stock trading course first. What do I do first? I do what? Say it like you mean it, church. I give. Come on, somebody. I give first. And then I go learn how to put products. By the way, I have a spatula. You don't even want to hear me talk about it. You think I'm trying to sell it to you. I got a spatula I'm selling on FBA right now. I know some of y'all know what I'm talking about. A spatula. I better give if I want that spatula to be chosen. You, you, everybody here ever bought a spatula? Anything for your kitchen? How many come up at first? About 100. <laughs> Ours says Athanasia. It's my wife's Greek name. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 want, I want you to pick that one. You hear me? But the Bible says give first. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting down at my computer this week, and I'll be looking at the scriptures and all that, and then there's just going to be this little ticker going up and down, up and down, up and down. When do I push that button buy? When do I push that other button sell? Are you all listening to me? I, oh, I've been so quiet, church, today. I said, you all listening to me? You might call that superstition. I call that biblical. You're sitting in the greatest nation in the world right now, and it was built on these principles. I'm not saying they always acted like Christians. I'm saying we just had our administrator, Lauren, raise your hand, please, just got back from Washington, D.C. Was there monuments to Muhammad and to Buddha, and were, were, were those inscriptions on the walls when you went over there? No, you saw the Bible. You saw characters from the scriptures. In God we trust. Are you all listening? Brothers and sisters, I challenge you today for whatever you're believing to be given to you to sow a seed today to meet a need. I believe that. I just do. And so y'all witnesses to this. If I tell you I made a million dollars off my spatula, don't you hate? <laughs> well, pastor, he already had a lot of money. Why does he make a million off his spatula? Give it to somebody. No, 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 no. We're going to give it to the body of Christ so the body of Christ can have more than enough. When I do these lessons and I do these trainings, my brother, I'm always listening to these guys showing off their Ferraris and their gold and their watches and this thing and that thing. And I said, oh, God, oh, that I could have it to give it away. Put that building back up there, brother. Nothing would make me happier than that spatula sell a million units and me come there and say, brother, put up the walls, put up the lights, put up a big sign and say, God did it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And guess what? Some of you are already there right now. You're sitting back going, Pastor, I already did it. Sow a seed then today to go to your next level. Millionaires come to this church and people who just got their first job and my ch children right back there giving to the missionary uh, um, fund out of their allowance. Every dollar my children get, 15% goes back to the Lord. A tithe and then 5% to offerings and missions. How many want them to be the next Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg and all of that? Come on, don't you want your children to be the next baseball player getting what you know they're getting now? Where are they going to get 20 million a season now, some of these guys? And the Cubs don't even win. Come on. 
They still talk about that World Series they won way back when. Why don't you give back the money until you win? How about we just do it like that? We'll give you back your money when you win. When you win for us, then we'll talk, right? Father, I ask in the name of Jesus for us to be a blessed people, to be a blessing. I pray, Father God, that we will see our purpose in life and all that we do as employees, employers, as investors, as owners and buyers and sellers. We'll see all of that, Lord, as being a conduit for your kingdom blessing. Oh, for the sake of the nations, Lord, would you bless us to be a blessing, Father, for the wonderful nation of the Philippines and so many like that. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. Metro Praise, would you stand to your feet? Get ready to welcome with me the man of God, of faith and power for the hour, all the way from the Philippines, the bishop, the apostle, evangelist, preacher, teacher, Pastor Ray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before you sit down, can you put your hands together and give the best clap offering to the name which is above every name. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. As you sit down, please shake the person's hand next to you and give them a big smile. Greet them with the love of Christ. Amen. God bless you. I have some friends that are here in the service today. Uh, I was expecting quite a few, but would just friends that are here, would you stand up so that they will recognize you? I see Sister Anne-Marie over there. God bless you. Elizabeth and Sister Bertha. Ajola, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for welcoming them, amen. Praise God. Sister Ajola had been here many times, uh, twice. This is the third time, I think. The third time that you've been here. Praise the Lord. So, uh, I, this is my, you know, my favorite place to go. Because I have freedom and liberty to do what I would like to do. <laughs> Amen. As many of you already know that God has performed a miracle in my life. Twenty twenty one, my left kidney died. My right kidney was 29% functioning. Last year, I came back uh, for another checkup. The doctors, I, I told the doctor, I said, can we have another ultrasound after all the tests are done? I said, what for? To know what is the condition of my kidney. I said, it shows in the result of your test. And I said, your left kidney is gone. We cannot do anything anymore about that. But your right kidney has improved. He said, from 29%, it went up to 41% functioning. Praise the Lord. God is good. Well, I told the doctor, I said, you told me the last time I was here, it will never go up. It will just go down. And when it continues to go down, you will be tied up to a machine called dialysis. And what I'm going to do is to maintain the 29% function of your kidney. Then I told her, him, I said, you told me it will not go up, but now you are telling me it went up. I said, well, medically, it will not go up, but it's a miracle. So I thank God. God is still a God of miracle. Say it with me. God is the God of the impossible. Oh, you don't believe it. 
Say with me, God is the God of the impossible. Amen. And God wants to turn your impossibility to a miracle. Amen. Today is your appointed time to experience the supernatural power of God. I believe that today you will be revolutionized and completely transformed from where you are to where you should be in God. I believe that today is a day of liberation, freedom, and God will release you to the fullness of His purpose and plan for your life. God has a big dream for us. God has a big desire for all of us. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, not has entered into the heart of man, you and I, the great things that God has prepared, instored, and set aside, ready to be revealed by the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit in our lives. There is no limit to what God can do to someone who will partner with God. There is nothing that can hinder you to fulfill your desire if God becomes involved in your desire in this life. Because God has everything that you have to fulfill you and release you to your God-given destiny. There is a destiny set aside for you. While I was in Hong Kong uh, doing... Uh, a revival meeting, God has given me this confession that I've been confessing every day of my life. And I would like to share it to you because uh, it has really released me to a greater understanding of who I am and what God is desiring to accomplish and fulfill in my life. Now, if the world is telling you, you are nothing, God is talking to you, you are precious and the apple of his eyes. If the world is telling you, there's nothing you can do, God is saying, there's no limit to what you can do through my power that works in you. So when I was preaching in Hong Kong, uh, it was a congregation of 900 people. And... I stopped for a moment, and I listened to the Holy Spirit, and uh, it was birthed in my heart. And after the service, I wrote it down, and I've been reciting this every day of my life. It is my declaration. It is my confession. It is uh, what I believe, and this is what I'm going to accomplish and fulfill. I declare that today, God will touch me fresh and new with His power and anointing to break the yoke and burdens of my life and release me to a greater freedom and victory. I declare that today, God is going to crown me with His goodness, mercy, loving kindness, grace, favor, blessing, beauty, and glory to make me a blessing in this generation. I declare that God is going to release to me everything that he has in store for me. To empower me. To empower me. And bring me to my full potential in him. 
and release me to my God-given destiny. Hallelujah. I am destined for glory. I am destined for greatness. God created me to rule and have control of my life here and every situation that I face in life. I am not created to be defeated. I am created to be victorious in Christ. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I am not created to be just empty-handed. I am created to be filled with the fullness of God overflowing in me and through me. It's a powerful declaration. And when I cannot sleep and I wake up at the middle of the night, I shout it in my spirit. And I have discovered new things happening in my life. Man of God, thank you once again for allowing me to grace the sacred desk. Thank you for trusting me <laughs> to speak to your lovely and precious congregation. You know, I have you know, a long relationship with your pastor. I met him in 1996. He was in the altar with the church. I was preaching. It was a mission conference. And I have never met the pastor, but I was invited through connection. They paid my way, and I came. And at the altar of the service, he was kneeling down there on the altar, and the Lord gave me a word for him, and I spoke it to him. Never, see, never seen him again from that time on. No contact whatsoever. But every now and then, I will pray. I never even did not, I did not even remember his name. And I keep saying, Lord, whoever it is, whoever he is, you know who he is. <laughs> we embraced after the service, and he said, uh, he will give his life to the Lord. I think after that, we went out to, uh, to have some snacks or whatever with the rest of the young people. But in 2008, I was pastoring in the corner of uh, 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 Trip Avenue and Irving Park. On the other side, lo and behold, there was a new church. And the name was Metro Praise International. And the Lord spoke to me and said, go and say hello and welcome them to the community. So I called my, my assistant and said, let's go. I said, where, where are we going? I said, we'll go to the church and greet the pastor and welcome them to the community. Because we came here ahead of them. Let them know that we welcome them and that we will work with them. And I said, why should we go? They're our competition. <laughs> I said, in the kingdom of God, there is no competition. Hello. In the kingdom of God, we are only building hallelujah, the church of the living God. When we're building our kingdom, we're building the kingdom of God. Amen. So we climb up the stairs, and when the door opened up, I saw him. That was the beginning of the connection. Hallelujah. And I said to the Lord, now I can say, I heard from you. I'm not a false prophet. <laughs> He's now serving the Lord. Amen. And from that time on, the relationship has been building up. And now it's even go more deeper 
He's coming to see me to the Philippines. And many of you will come with him. Amen. One day, I would like to take a, a group of these people from this church and travel with me. Yes, okay. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and we will go to different places in the Philippines. Amen? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, I'm not here to do anything else but to share the word of God that is in my heart. I am what I am only simply because of the grace of God. And simply because of the simple obedience, obedience to the desire and the purpose of God in my life. See, when you partner with God, when you give your life completely to the Lord, you break the barriers of your limitation. You step into the realm of the supernatural. You will begin to operate not in the realm of the natural, not in the fruit of your intellectual mind, your analytical mind, and it is not the result of how technolog techn technologically uh, expert you are, but your relationship and connection to the source of all wisdom, knowledge, ability, and power. And when you've got Plug in to the source of power, the electricity and the power flows to you. You will see the evidence and the result of it. Because when God begins to move and work in you, it will tra transform you and change you from the inside out. Never underestimate who you are in God. Never limit what you can do to the power of God. I challenge you to break the status quo of your life right now. I challenge you to raise up okay, raise up the level of your understanding of who you are in God. God is looking for instrument that he can flow through. And you are here you're a candidate instrument in the hands of God. You know, thank you for your uh, wonderful offering. I was sitting down there and was saying, Lord, I feel embarrassed. And I said, why? Here am I. They're plugging me. To give me a, you know, I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to talk about our need, you know. I would just say, here is, here is what we're doing, because I believe God can speak to the heart of the individual, and when it God, it's God who speaks to the heart, it releases everything that God desires. I try to, in the early days of my ministry, I try to work in the emotion of people, and I, kept, I completely just fall flat into, on my face. But I begin to allow the Lord because God can speak to human hearts more than I can. God can go deeper into the human spirit than anyone else. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Turn your Bibles to Zechariah um, chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to repeat what I preached in the first service. And if you were in the first service... You know, sorry about it. But I'm, I'm not saying sorry. That was your appetizer. Okay? Your hors d'oeuvres. Now you're going to get more of the meat. Chapter 4. Uh, I, 
I woke up this morning and, you know, I have already prepared something as a missionary. <laughs> and the Lord said, Shelvin, driving this way. I was driving and I said, Lord God, I'm getting closer. And, I, and you told me to shift. What am I going to do? And the Lord did not say anything. But during the worship, God said, now this is what you need to share. And I thank God for it. It blessed me. Standing there during worship, God was unloading, downloading in my spirit. Glory to God. And so today, bear with me. Learn with me. Let us explore together the new things that God has installed for us. Remember this. God is preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Everything that you desire, everything that you need is in the table. Sit down, take the, your fork and your knife and dig in and eat everything that you want to eat. Because God has a table spread for you and I. Amen? Glory to God. I don't even have a title of this message. <laughs> so make a title for it. Glory to God. Amen? Hallelujah. Beginning at verse 1. Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me. As, as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. In other words, he said, the angel found me sleeping. When you are sleeping, you are not doing anything. When you are sleeping, you are, you know, almost like dead. But your mind is working. Yeah. And I said, he awakened me. And the first message that God has spoken to my heart, it's time for the church to awaken. It was a need and a challenge of the hour. Not only to be awakened in something, to be awakened in the realization that we are serving a great and awesome God that cannot be put in the box, but can should be released into the fullness of who He is. God wants to awaken us to the knowledge and the understanding. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's immutable. He's unstoppable. And He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all those that trust and will and expect to do. We need to be awakened that we are not just a puny little insignificant. We are the bride of Christ. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ. And if we are the body of Christ, this is the, this is the pit of Christ with authority and dominion and power. Wake up, church! Wake up, husband, to the reality that the command of God has not changed. You must love your wife. Even Christ loved the church. Wake up, wives, that even if you hate your husband sometimes, it doesn't eradicate the truth that you must submit unto your husband as unto the Lord. Wake up, church. We have been sleeping for too long. We have been dreaming. But you know what? There's a time. The time has arrived. 
that in order for your dream to become a reality, you must wake up. Hello. We need to wake up to the understanding that I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Hallelujah. I can. I must. I will do what God commanded me to do. Hallelujah. Touch up the neighbor next to you. Wake up. It's time to wake up. The church has been snoring for so long. It's time to wake up. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I was awakened. You know, when God called me, when I got saved at the age of 15, and God released me to preach at the age of 16, I was so very insecure. I stutter when I speak. I just finished sixth grade. I don't even know how to speak English. I can only say, good morning, good afternoon. I like this, I like that. What is it? What is this? And when the Lord said, go and preach the gospel, I said, Lord, I cannot do it. And the Lord spoke to me, never again say that word. I cannot do it. Because you insult me, you diminish who I am, and you degraded more my character and my personality because I said in my word, you can do all things through my power, through Jesus Christ. There's no limit to what you can do. Hallelujah. Your limitation is already overtaken by God's ability and power. Hallelujah. So if you can believe, if you can believe, if you can believe, nothing is impossible to those that believe. Lift up your hands and say, I'm a believer. Hallelujah. We need to be delivered from doubt, from fear, from insecurities. We need to be delivered. Delivered from sleeping too much. You know what? Some people are still sleeping right now. They said, I worked so hard this past week, I'm going to sleep. They will be still, still sleeping when the trumpet shall sound and the rapture will come. So wake up, beloved. Because only those who are awakened can hear the blasting of the sound of the trumpet and hear the voice of God. Come up hither. Hallelujah. Rise up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to be energized by the power of God. See, the angel of the Lord awakened me. Out of my sleep. But you know what? It's not just the angel of the Lord. But the Lord said, I will awaken you. For with two or three gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And the hands of God, they are not short. that he cannot reach out and touch you. Hallelujah. So wake up, brother. There's great things in store for you. Wake up, brother. 
Sister, God has an assignment for you. Wake up, brother. God wants you to step into the supernatural. My sister, my, my brother, husband, my sister, wife, children, whoever you are, God has included you in His purpose and in His plan. And we should declare and declare it and say, I can do it through His anointing. He will release to me the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He said, he wake me up. Then he said to me, what do you see? See, it's hard to talk to somebody who's sleeping. Right? Though there are people who talk in their sleep. <laughs> but it is hard to talk to somebody who is sleeping. But it is also difficult to awaken somebody who is pretending to be sleeping but awake. It is more easier to wake up somebody who is really sleeping than the person who is pretending to be sleeping. And in order for us to hear the voice of God, in order for us to know and understand the purpose and the plan of God, we need to wake up and hear Him say His will, His purpose into your spirit. We, just, we, we don't need to just wake up and flip the remote and watch the TV. God wants us to be awakened. To, rem to <laughs> click the remote to heaven. And God will speak. I'm glad you're awakened. I've been trying to talk to you, but you've been sleeping. This is my purpose for you. This is my will for you. Young man, young woman, go back and reconcile with your parents. Forgive them for what they have done to you. Wives, go back to your husband and say, I surrender to the Lord. I submit to you. I suppose and submit to Christ. And man, go to your wife and say, I got awakened. Hallelujah. Hear the voice of God. I must love you. So forgive me. And go back and God your children and say, I'm sorry for what I've done. I, for, you know, I overexert my effort. I love you. And God, there's a little one. Your family will never be the same again because the word of God never fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will endure forever. When we hear the prescription of God, you will be healed. You will be delivered. You will be set free. When we hear the voice of God, you will know your direction. You will know where to go. The right hand and the left hand, hallelujah, will be clear to you. You will not be wandering in the wilderness, not knowing where to go. But when you hear the voice of God saying to you, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah, Raboko Shatai. Hallelujah. Wake up, church, and hear the voice of God. Then he said, What do you see? I missed this point in the early service. What do you see? Remember that everything that we see, good or bad, affects you. Everything that we hear affects us. And it's a double-edged sword when you see it and hear it. This is, there is more impact 
and power into it. See, what do you see? You can only see. Sometimes we, can, we would like to see. We only see what we like to see. We only, like, we only hear what we like to hear. But God is asking, what do you see? What do you see? I, Isaiah respond and say, I saw the Lord, high and lifted up and his glory, his power, his presence fills the temple. Not this temple, but this temple. Hallelujah. I saw the Lord and his beauty and his glory, his train of his glory fills the temple. Most of the time we see a limitation. I can do that. I can preach and teach like Pastor Joe. I cannot play the drum. I cannot play the keyboard. I cannot even sing. But there's something you know you can do. Don't do what you cannot do. Because God will never expect you to do what you cannot do. He will never ask you to do something that you are not capable of doing it. And if you are not capable of doing it, he will give you the ability and the power to do it if you acknowledge the Lord. But we need to see. What do you see? One day, I was on my floor. I was fasting, and I said, God, I'm having even difficulty of reading. You know, there was a teacher in Bible school who was trying to influence the rest of the professor to send me home. Because as far as he's concerned, this lady said he's not a good material for ministry. Only God can determine whom he can use and whom he cannot use. See, so people are telling you, you will never amount to anything like he told me. Expect this. God will turn it around. You can do everything through Christ who gives you the strength. One teacher said, I'm not going to vote to send him home. Because if God told him to come here, who am I to tell him he's not called by God? If he said that he's going to serve the Lord, who am I to stop him from doing that? So this teacher who, who is the the instigator of sending me home said, then make him your project. And she did a good job <laughs> in doing it. what she needed to do to shape me to what I am today. She said to me, the first thing that, young man, the first thing that you need to know is this. You need to understand the power of prayer. That there's no limit to what power prayer can do. Secondly, that you need to understand, you need to understand that everything that you need is in the hand of the Holy Spirit. If you're filled up with the Holy Spirit, it's no longer you. It's the Spirit that is working in you. And number three, rise up and never make an excuse. But do what you can do. And through the power of God, do what you cannot do. Because God will give you the ability to do what you cannot do because of the power that is working in you. It transformed and revolutionized my life. I was preaching in Hawaii for 10 days. This professor, my professor has retired and living in Hawaii. She was sitting in the front pew 
every night she was crying and weeping. And I said, praise God, she's being blessed. I was feeling really good. My God, you know, this is the first time since I graduated that she heard me. So I was so happy. At the end of the, the, the revival meetings, there were still people on the altar, but I gave the microphone to the pastor, and I sat down with her, and I said, thank you for coming every night. You have really supported me and encouraged me. And she began to weep, and he said, can I talk to you? I said, yes, go ahead. She, she said, let's go private. Let's go at the back and talk. So we sat down at the back, and she was crying so bad, and she said to me, I owe you an apology. Please forgive me. I said, ma'am, what is there to forgive? You have never done anything wrong to me. And as he began to express, I said that many years ago, 1961, 1961, he said, you were in the Bible school. And the Lord, I was looking at you. You're too skinny. You, don't know, you, don't, you stutter. You cannot speak and express yourself. You have no ability to sing. You cannot play any instrument. And this and blah, 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 blah. And I thought in myself, it's not a good material for ministry. As she was saying that, I feel like I was too small like a, a speck of dust. And I was saying, oh, God, this is what they thought of me. And I said, I felt bad. And all of a sudden, she threw her arms around me. But I was wrong. Among all of your classmates, we were 19 in my class. We graduated and said, you are the only one that is full-time in the ministry and traveling around the world. The one that I despise is the one that does more great things for the kingdom of God. So he said, you need to pray for me. Forgive me for what I have accomplished. I have spoken in your life. I was a missionary in Guam. I met this missionary. I have no church of my own. I was ministering on the street. There are no buses. There are no tra public transportation. You just need to walk. I was beaten by the dog, by a dog, and my pants was torn apart. But it didn't stop me from going. Because when the fire of God is burning in you, it's a fire that is unquenchable and cannot be put off. I met this missionary from California who is pastoring an Assembly of God church. I said, she said to me, why don't you just join us and, and, and work with, uh, with us so that, you know, uh, uh, you have some some, a place to bring the people that you witness on the street. I said, you're too far out there in the south side of uh, Aganaguam. I have no transportation. We'll pick you up. So they pick us up. To make the long story short, I was involved in the ministry. I did a children's ministry. I did the women, I did a women's ministry. I even I even spoke to the women's ministry. Uh, I, 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 we went out out I did everything that needs to be done. One day the pastor said to me, don't go home after the service. I need to talk to you. He said uh, that he has going to have a board meeting. It will only last for five minutes. So I waited. I have a wife. I have a wife and one child. He came out and he said, okay, we, we are going to help you financially. We're going to help and uh, support you. This is what we agreed upon. He said that the janitor of the church 
resign. I don't know why we need to have a janitor in the church. It, it, it's supposed to be the responsibility of every believer to clean the house of God. Amen? We should not be paid to clean the house of God. He said, we agreed upon that you will be the janitor and we'll pay you this so you can pay your apartment. I said, you don't need to pay me. Janitor, I love to clean the house of God. I said, you know, oh, no, 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 no. There's a budget for that. And if we pay the, the last one, we need to pay you. I said, I will not receive it. I said, okay, this is what we need to do. We'll move you to a, good, a, a better apartment and we'll pay the rent. No more argument. That's it. So they move us to a better apartment. I was the janitor. I was happy scrubbing the commode, you know, mopping the floor, vacuuming and mowing the, the lawn around the church. I was satisfied and very happy. Six months later, the pastor said, I want to talk to you. I said, oh, oh. There must be something wrong. I told my wife, I said, the pastor is going to take me out for lunch. Why? He said he wants to talk to me personally. So he picked me up. We went to the restaurant. His wife was with him. And then we ordered lunch. And I was waiting. What, when is he going to cut my head? When is he going to lay down the hatchet? After lunch, the wife said, well, I'm going to leave you guys. She said she's going to go to the parlor. Anyway, it's a man talk. Between you and the two of you, you discuss it between the two of you. And I said, oh, Lord, I think this is going to be bad. All of a sudden, the pastor looked at me with tears in his eyes. And I said, you have been such a blessing to me. You have been the best friend that I ever have in these six months. You listened to me when I pour out my disappointment to you. Then she said, I said, hi, praise the Lord. It's not what I'm expecting. <laughs> then he said, all of your children are married, and the youngest one just have a baby. And they felt that he and his wife needs to move to California to be, next, to be around their children and enjoy this, this uh, newborn uh, grandchild. So he said, the reason I want to talk to you is that because... Now you become the pastor. You move out from the apartment. You move to the parsonage. Let's go and pick up your wife. I began to cry. When we pick up my wife, I was crying. I said, what's wrong? Did he scold you? I said, do not ask me anything. I have no time to just jump into the car. Let's go. Where are we going? To the pastor's house. When we arrived there, the wife the pastor's wife was already in the house. She opened the door and she said to my wife, Sister Lorena, come on over. I will show you the master's bedroom. So she shows her the master's bedroom is all air-conditioned. Let me show you the, the baby room and let me show you the guest room. And here is the washing machine and here is the dryer. We were washing by hands, you know. And here is the dryer and here is the washing machine. And here the, and my wife said, what's going on to me? I said, just listen. I do not know. Just listen. And both of the husband and wife said, here's the key to this parsonade. They said, they already checked into the hotel, move in tonight. They said, and beside of that, the car is yours. 
When you obey God, you will break the limitation of God. You will step into the greenhouse, a green, uh, green field that God has prepared for you. For wherever God guides, He provides. Hallelujah. He will show you the great and mighty things that He can do for you. So wake up, brother. Wake up, sister. And see the moving of the clouds. See the leading of the Holy Spirit. See the moving of God's hand. Hallelujah. It's time to wake up and see the purpose and the plan of God for you. See your destiny is bright and glorious ahead of you. And if God be for you, and if God is for you, who can stop you? Wake up! You know, there are times when I wake up. I'm thinking, oh Lord, the comforter is so good. <laughs> oh God, few more minutes. <laughs> we do that all the time, physically. We do that most of the time, a lot of time, consistently, spiritually. One day I said to the Lord, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I said to him, I've been speaking to you, but you've been sleeping. You are not hearing me. Wake up and you will hear the sound of my voice. For my sheep know my voice. And they follow no anybody but he follow the voice that of the shepherd because the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. So wake up. Wake up and realize and understand. Hallelujah. You are in partnership. I like the word partnership in your times. You are in partnership of the one who created the heaven and the earth by the sound of his voice. You are in partnership who hang the planet in their orbit by the sound of his voice. You are in partnership, hallelujah, to the one whom Job said, I know that you can do anything, everything, all things, hallelujah. So beloved, wake up. God has been waiting for you. It's time, hallelujah, to fulfill the mandate of God, the will of God, the plan of God for our lives. Amen? Amen. By the way, I'm not angry, okay? I just feel the anointing and the power of God. Every time I look at the mirror, going into the bathroom, I keep saying to the Lord, Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for allowing me to see your plan and purpose in my life. Because I've been deceived. When I was growing up, even in the church where I was born again, they're saying, you have no education. There's nothing you can do. So I've been really pushing myself out of the picture because I believe what they said. I'm not good enough. But then God woke me up. Hit me with two by two between my eye. And I heard his voice saying, you can do all things through me who gives you the strength. 
Hallelujah. Never say you can. You can always do it. Amen. I can. I will. I must do the will of God. Hallelujah. So the janitor became the head pastor. In the place where you are working, you might be the least among the employees. But know who you are. You're in for a purpose. You're going to be surprised when God elevates you. And God will promote you. Amen? The time for you to come out of your shell and overcome all your excuses is now. So wake up, beloved. Wake up. Hear the voice of God. See the glory of God. And see what God planned to do for you, in you, and through you. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm awake. I see you. I hear you. Now release me to my destiny. Give it the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to skip verse 4. And uh, in verse 3, it said, there were two olive trees are by it. There was a lamp, okay, standing a solid gold with pipes of the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowls and one at the left. I'm not going to expound it anymore. You can ask your pastor is more uh, a theologian than I am. Okay, I'm going to even discuss it because I have no time. I didn't have time to study. And, and this is the, because God spoke to me, this is your message. So I will skip that. But in verse 4 said, so I answered. When he asked, do you understand? Do you know what it is? See, you are responsible to the things you know. But you are not accountable to the things you do not know. Hello. And many of us have, uh, knows a lot. And to him that much is given, much shall be required. Wake up, beloved. Use the tool that is in your hands. Use what you have seen. Use what you have heard. And move forward to the purpose and the plan of God for your life. And you will never be the same. And you will never regret it the rest of your life. I've been in a place where I lay down in a, on a ground and use a stone as my pillow. I was in Ecuador. And I was traveling to Cuenca, which I do not know anybody there to meet me. And sometimes it's ridiculous and foolish to go where you do not know to go. But one thing that gives you confidence, he knows where you need to go. And he knows how to wait at the way where you should go. And he always prepares someone there to, uh, to, uh, to pick you up. And so he picked me up. I, I was a little bit nervous. And the Lord said, why are you nervous? Am I not with you? Am I not with you? I said, Lord, Sorry. Not, not that, you, that I ignore you, but you cannot avoid that as a human being. There's a little bit, I said, fine, but you cannot make yourself a slave to it. Hello. We are a slave to our own ideas. 
plug yourself into the source of power. You will bring the light so beautifully. You become a salt, hallelujah, that has that powerful to turn lives around with the taste of Jesus Christ that is in you. Hallelujah. Is it in here? So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Never pretend to know what you do not know. That's a great danger. But when you know something, you have more boldness and confidence and freedom to speak. So get to know God. Get to know the Holy Spirit more. Know this word. And when you experience it, be on letters. But you're proving the reality of the power of the kingdom to come. You will not be afraid to say what is in your heart. 2012, I received a letter from the Chicago uh, Black uh, Caucus. Caucus. And they said, they said, we've been following you. I was pastoring. Uh, uh, in uh, no, I, I was wrong. It's not 2012. It was 2002. See, we have been watching you. How you have the impact that you have in the community, because we were involved in marching for crimes. We stood against uh, human trafficking. We 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 stood against drugs and everything, and even homosexuality. I was almost killed by the group of homosexuals attacking me because we stood against, because they were, the area where the church was became the boys' town, became the gay community, which is on Hulstead, Broadway, and Grace. And every time they march on, on the last Sunday of June, they stop there at the gate. And they want to put the arch, welcome to boys' town. I stood against it, and I, that was when I became famous that I was in the, first, uh, the front page of Tribune because I, a reporter came and interviewed, interviewed me and said, what do you think about it? And I began to really, it was a thing. And I said, Mayor Daly is, is unfair. We have been here before. We were here before they came. We welcomed them, but they cannot kick us off. Out of this territory because we have been here before. They can do whatever they want to do, but we have the right to stop them to do in our <laughs> in our territory. We marched against it, and then people were uh, people were. You remember that we were they were trying to uh, the messages that I received uh, threatening to kill me. They said, "We'll blow. We know where you live. We'll blow your house." <laughs> We'll blow your house up, and they said, we'll burn your church. But you know what? When you know God, and you've tasted the goodness of God, there's no fear whatsoever. And I said to myself, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I stood against it. 
Not because I miss it, but because I know the power of God. Their plan did not work. Mayor gave them, the Mayor Daly gave them 3.5 million to re refurbish the area. They refurbished the area, but they did not put the arts outside of our gate. I fought it with my very life, and God honored it. Going back to the letter I received, it said, we would like to honor you. Come to the Holiday Inn at the airport. You're one of the recipients of a great honor from the community, the black community. As a matter of fact, it's not just Chicago, but it's all over Illinois. So I went there, and there were tables. There were, there were 15 of us that were going to be honored. You know, uh, Senator Mix was a pastor on the south side. He was there. There was an, another congressman, another, there was a doctor, there was a lawyer, here am I, from the boonies of the Philippines, who doesn't know how to speak English. And I was sitting between a senator and a congressman, and in front of me is a doctor and a lawyer in the table. And then the devil said, now, now, be sure to gird yourself. You're going to be in a place where you're going to be sorry you came. And the Holy Spirit said, don't be intimidated. You know who you are. Sitting there, I look at all the people, and I saw the program. I was the first one to speak. I said, I wish I was with the last one, because I know that those people that will speak ahead of me will go home. Then I will not, any, <laughs> there will be no more anybody there. <laughs> so I approached the MC. I said, is it possible if I could be the last one? And it's correct. I said, I would like to, to do that, but I have no authority. I'm only the MC. I'm not the one who make the program. I said, why don't you go with that, that guy there? He was wearing a three-piece suit, six foot four probably, and tall and uh, big. And I said, <laughs> See, you can talk to him. And I was approaching, and the Lord said, don't do it. So I sat down. So they called my name. We were given 15 minutes each to speak. So I just speak about my, you know, why I, why I am in Chicago and what God I'm doing. And everybody was doing that. When I finished, exactly 13 minutes, I was done. Everybody stood up. And when I went back to my seat, this big guy on my left picked me up and ripped me up like this. He said, that was powerful. That was really powerful. And I said, and then he said, they asked me, are you, a, a, are you a graduate of Harvard? I said, I wish. Are you from Princeton? I don't even know where Princeton was during that time. I said, no. I said, where did you study? I said, I went to the University of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I said, where is <laughs> And I said, where is that? Before I can speak, the MC said, now we will hear from Senator Mix. So that was not answered. But you know what? God will never embarrass you. God will never put you to shame. He will erase your shame and give you glory and dignity and elevate you into a place of recognition when the honor 
God. Let me finish by saying it. Do you not know? Yes, I do not know, Lord. Then God said, good. Then I can give you everything that you need to know. In whom to know is life everlasting. The apostle Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Hallelujah. And then the angel of the Lord said, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord. Say, Lord, give me your word. This is the word of the Lord. This is the revelation of the Lord. This is the manna of the Lord. This is the rhema of the Lord. This is what God wants to impart to you and I. And he said, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Not with human intellect, not with human wisdom, not through YouTube. Hello? Not through Google. Not through computer. But by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm not saying that, that going to school is not important. I'm not saying that we should not study, but we need to study to prove ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Stand with me, please. We need to study, hallelujah, the prescription of God, the blueprint of God for our lives uh, that is prescribed in here. Hallelujah. Said it's not by might, hallelujah. If you have no might, God is your power. God is your energy. God is your strength. Uh, and picture in your mind, uh, God pick up the dust of the ground and he formed Adam out of it. And it was a beautiful uh, statue, but there is no life, no activity. No performance. But as the Lord stooped down and he breathed on him. Hallelujah. The breath of life. All what we need to receive today. To release us to our destiny. And to accomplish the purpose of God. is a fresh breath from God. A fresh release of the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when he breathed, inhale it. Hallelujah. It will Overtake your limitation, your ignorance, your nothingness, your weaknesses, and turn it into a miracle. And God breathed upon Adam's nostrils, and he rise up no longer a dust, no longer a clay, but a living soul. Hallelujah. A living spirit. And we're going to walk out of this place alive in God, moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Marching to the street of Chicago, a dynamite ready to be exploded by the Holy Spirit. It is not by might, it is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Jesus stood up on the last day of the great feast and he cried out, Is there any thirst among you? Let him come unto me and drink. 
For out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this speaks of the Holy Spirit, which is not yet given because Jesus Christ is not yet glorified. And out from here this morning, the reservoir of the power and the anointing of God from inside of you will be quickened and be released and released and the flow of living water will overflow out of you. Hallelujah. To propel you and push you to where you should be in God and fulfill the purpose and the plan of God for you why He redeemed you and paid the price for your redemption not to enjoy just the comfortable views of the church but to become a fireball for God wherever you go at your school at your work on the street on the marketplace you are know you know already what you are supposed to do you are a light that must shine and you should not hide your light huh? but keep your light shining but the light cannot the lamp cannot shine until the oil until the lamp is filled with the oil and so today God is going to fill you up to overflowing David said in Psalms 23 the last verse said thou anointest my head with oil my cup running over. And Jesus said it, it shall flow out of you rivers of living water. Not just one river, but rivers of living water. And when the water is released, it finds a mini outlet and mini direction and it goes to different places. There's, there's not only one flow. It goes to many direction. And that's what God wants to do for you. To take you where you should be. And Pastor Joe is going to the Philippines. Because the river is flowing to the Philippines for him. And the anointing is propelling him to go. And as he flows, God will prepare the way. And God will prepare the provision. And God will release the anointing and the power to do the work that God has called him to do. There's no limit to what God can do. In Ephesians chapter 1. From verse 15, to summarize it, the Apostle Paul was saying that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power in high places. But in the last verse, it says in there, there that God desire, God's desire is to fill us up with the fullness of God. It is the desire of God not only to be filled up over here, but out from your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not only to be filled to the brim, but to overflow. When you're filled up to the, to the brim, it's for you. When it overflows, it's for others. Let God overflow you today. Because there are people outside are waiting for the river to flow that will give them light. And the river of God must flow freely. And when it flows, it carries out all the debris and all the dirt and all the pollution. And there is a refreshing that will come. And so get ready for the refreshing. Get ready for the renewal. Get ready for the breathing of God to be released upon you. And you will be filled with the fullness of God. Young man, raise up your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. There's something that you can do that no others can do. Never compare yourself with others. Be what God wants you to be and how God has created you. And allow God to flow in you and through you. God is going to use you, young man, more than you ever dream. 
I kept looking at you and God said to me, it's a vessel need to be seasoned and be prepared for a great work that is about to do in the days ahead. Never limit yourself. Never, never make any excuses whatsoever. Plug yourself in with God and allow yourself to be filled with the fullness of God. Wake up, hear the voice of God, see God, follow God, and let God overflow in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Release the fullness of your power. Fill it up to overflowing in Jesus' name.